0: We are continuing our series in Ephesians, but before we dive in, uh, God's Word tells us that people are saved by the power of our testimony, that it is not just the teaching, oh,
1: Jonah, I need control again,
0: help, there we go, okay, uh, (laughs) and making things complicated for them, it's not his fault, it's mine again, um people are people will be saved. the world will be saved by the power of our testimony, and the reality is is that I can come up and I can give really good sermons, I can tell really good stories by the end of the day, for some it's going to be well that 's just matt's job it doesn 't always connect, but when you tell your story, it connects and the biggest evidence we have of that is brian 's message if you haven 't watched it, you got to go watch it and i 'm just going to drive those numbers up even higher um, brian 's the testimony and story has got almost ten times as many views as any other video we 've ever posted because because the power of testimony because everybody wants to hear from you more than they want to hear from me I, I admit that that 's fine i 'm not not even offended um, so in light of that john i 'm going to need the handheld on uh, i 'm going to invite clay up um, if you were at the first Kinette Barbecue, you already heard the good news. If, but for the rest of you, Clay has a really cool testimony that um, we've been waiting for Mary to show up, and if we wait for Mary to show up, it'll be in five <laughs> years. So we're just going for it.
1: Good morning, everyone. Okay, as Pastor Matt's saying, my name's Clay. My journey started six years ago. I had a lump on my back. It was cancerous. Most of you know that. Some of you don't. Anyway, had the surgery, went through radiation, went through chemo. A month ago, my oncologist called me. Everything is 100% clear. (laughs) People say God doesn't work. I put it in his hands the very first day my doctor told me. I wasn't even back here to Carlisle. I don't know if anybody knows, but anyway, Arcola, I wasn't even in Paul and Maureen Cameron's driveway. I looked at my wife and I said, putting his all in God's hands. I did. He put us through a journey that I hope whoever else has to go through this, I really hope they don't please put it in God's hands Mm -hmm. because he is amazing. Mm -hmm. And when I got the call from the oncologist, when they released me from the cancer clinic, I mean, everything just came flooding back. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And yes, I am trying to hold back here even (laughs) this morning, but it is just overwhelming how he works. And after Brian gave his testimony... I knew I had to come up here and give mine. And if you want to know the full story of what we all went through, please come and talk to me or my wife. Anyway, God is good. God is great. And he does everything in his power if we have faith and we believe in him. And I am here today telling you that he does i was not expected to be here Mm -hmm. anyway thank you one and all for all your prayers all your support and everything you guys have done for myself and my family from the bottom of my heart and for god's ears i say thank you to each and every one of you amen Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you, Clay. We serve a good God. And uh, you say, well, why didn't God heal him instantaneously? Well, sometimes God takes us through a process but doesn't change that he's good. And sometimes we need to just Buckle down and endure the process because it is in trials that we are refined, and yet because Clay is here and he can testify, it is still a testimony that we serve a good God who works miraculous things, maybe not on our time, but in his good and perfect time. And we just praise God. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, as Clay said, I encourage you to go check, track down Mary, track down uh, Clay, get the full story from him. Uh, It's a good one, and uh, you'll be blessed to just see how God has been working through. Um, Yeah, so anyways, on to the series. Ephesians 5 is where we're at. Just a little let you know, I felt like last week with Ephesians 4 was kind of like drinking through a fire hose. We got through a lot of scripture really fast, and Paul went a lot of really big, deep topics that I regrettably kind of glazed over And so last week, I kind of threw it out there that if you want the more in-depth, deep discussion to get into some of those deeper things, I would encourage you to keep your Wednesday nights open coming the fall because Wednesday night, we'll be rolling out something called Family Day or Family Night. Um, So I'll say that there's going to be something for everyone. So parents with kids, you don't have to find babysitters. We're going to take care of that. Parents with teenagers, you just... Throw them over at the youth center and their Mitch's problem. We took care of that. And we want you here to be part of our family as we continue to meet, continue to encourage each other, and grow in our community because we took care of that for you too. So, Wednesday nights, keep it open. You're not going to want to miss out uh, more great family community things. But, in light of and in favor of Sunday morning series, Uh, We're going to slow down a little bit. We're not going to do all of chapter 5. We're going to break up chapter 5 and chapter 6 over the next three weeks. It will take us right to the kickoff. And kickoff, we'll start a brand new series. So, two chapters, three weeks. Take our time so we don't rush. Um, And I really appreciate the way Paul starts chapter 5 this morning because he actually recaps some of the stuff that I had to glaze over last week So it'll be a good opportunity to recap while still moving through into some new material. So Ephesians 5, chapter, verses 1 and 2, if you have your Bible. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen. And, you know, I just pushed a really cool app that if you want something on your phone, you should probably get it if you don't already. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 1. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love Following the example of Christ, he, felt, he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Okay, quick review from last week, and I need some audience participation this morning. Everyone online, throw it in the comment section so that I know that you were paying attention last week. Uh, what are you supposed to do when you see the word, therefore? Everyone freezes. <laughs> I'm not going to call anybody out. This isn't school, so everyone who's having flashbacks to that, don't worry about it. What are we supposed to do? Hmm? Robin has the answer. According to Brian, Robin's got the answer. (laughs) I like to point out that it wasn't me. Okay? That was... (laughs) Every time we see the word, therefore, the author wants us to take note of everything that was written prior to that word. So it is a refresher, reminder, he's building off of what he said. So he's saying, in light of what I just said in chapter 4, even though newsflash, when the biblical authors wrote these books, it wasn't broken up into verses and and chapters, okay, this is something that the editors have added, so when he's reading this, they're reading it as one great big letter all at once, and so Paul will throw in these therefores regularly, so that the church at the time is like, okay, I should have been paying attention to everything that he said prior to this, but he says, therefore, I'm going to build off of what I just said, and what was the three things? (laughs) Big test three statements that Paul made about life last week to close off chapter 4. He said, number 1 everyone just freezes. <laughs> Brian's like, look at Robin. <laughs> number 1 Christ is the standard. There is no other standard that that will suffice for us who are who walk by faith. It is not Any example is not celebrity. It is not a social media influencer. The standard that we need to set ourselves to is Christ and Christ alone, which is why we need our entire life to meet that standard. So Christ is the standard. Number two, you become more and more like Christ every day. Every day, it's not an instantaneous thing. This is something that's called sanctification. It is a daily step-by-step process that you are slowly but surely being refined. So every day doesn't have to be the best day. It just has to be a little bit better than the one prior. Every day, you are becoming more and more like Christ. And number three, you are created to be like God, holy and righteous. You are, when God When you declared Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you were redeemed, and you entered into salvation with him, Jesus said that you became a new creation, created to be like God, holy and righteous in your words, in your actions, and in all that you do. So Paul says, in light of these three statements, here is the easiest way I can tell you to accomplish it. You just need to imitate God, and imitate Christ. And Paul loves this idea of imitation. Almost every single chapter, every single letter he wrote, he comes back to this idea that we, because we are to be like Christ, we should imitate Christ in all that we do. In fact, in Corinthians, because the Corinthian church was going through a lot, Paul said, actually, if you just imitate me as I try to imitate Christ, that, that would work too, because ultimately the goal is to imitate christ who is the standard who is the one we're supposed to become more and more like every day and last week i said this and i want to repeat it again i think the intimidating part about this idea of imitating christ is we don't know who christ is and we don't know the stories we don't know god's word and so when we say imitate christ and imitate god we draw a blank because we don't really know what that really means Because ultimately, when we say imitate God, God is the ultimate in everything we're called to do. If we're called to be humble, God is the ultimate standard of what it means to be humble. If we're called to be loving, it is because God is not only loving, God is love. He's the very definition of love. If we're called to speak truth, it's because God only ever speaks the truth. God never lies. God is never deceptive. Think of everything Scripture calls us to be as believers, as followers of Christ, that these are the things that are baseline expectations. All of them are found in the example set by Christ and by God, and they are the perfect example. So thus, they are the best people for us to imitate, to become more and more, become the men and women that we are called to be. Imitate God, therefore. Imitate and follow the example, the, the example of love set by Christ. So that's how he kicks it off. Full review of last week. So if you missed last week, you're welcome. Okay, verse 3. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the, thing, in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them for the light makes everything visible This is why it is said awake. O sleeper rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light Paul makes three really big important statements in the course of this passage that we all need to take note of the first one is no immoral and when he says immoral, anytime you read Paul or talking about immorality, he's talking about sexual immorality, sexual deviancy, anything outside of God's plan. No immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God, of Christ, and of God. Boom. End of story. He doesn't make contingencies, he doesn't make excuses, he doesn't, you know, kind of soften it in any way. He just says, if you're impure, immoral, or greedy then you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And every time we read a big statement like that, we should pause and take some inventory to see if this stuff is starting to creep in because that's a pretty big statement. And if you're wondering how this all works, sexual immorality, so sex and money nothing's changed. Thanks, Paul. He wrote this thing 2,000 years ago, and these are still the two biggest things that are controlling our world, dictating things, the biggest influences, the biggest, I will say, I'll go so far to say the biggest idols that are controlling our world. Sex and money, nothing's changed, and anything that's impure is everything that falls that's not in those two categories. Paul says if you fall into the worship of either of these money, why does he say money? says so that if you're greedy, you're an idolater of the things of this world. It means that you are actually worshiping something other than God. So you shouldn't, the kingdom, you don't really want the kingdom of God. You're more interested in the kingdom here right now. So no greedy person, no sexually immoral person, because if you're sexually immoral, it means that you are putting pleasure above God's requirements. You're putting God's you put in pleasure pleasure above God's demands and not demands God's plan for your life God's plan for your marriage God's plan for your relationships if you are stepping outside because the only acceptable bubble if you're new to Christianity the only place that sex is acceptable is in marriage boom and marriage between a man and a woman I probably just got blocked um Marriage between man and a woman is the only acceptable God-given place for sex. That's it. Anything outside of those two things is sexual immorality. This is why the church has made such a big push to help guys and ladies, because it's on the rise in the ladies as well, made such a push to overcome porn addictions, because porn falls under this idea of immorality. Well, but but no, no, anyways, I get ahead of myself. No immoral. I'm going to say it so many times you get stuck in your head and you'll be like, darn it, redstone. No immoral, impure, or greedy person. We need to be staking inventory if we're starting to drift into one of these three areas because God has called us to be pure. God has called us to be what? To be like him, holy and righteous, set apart, right, living right in the eyes of God. Nothing, not acceptable, which leads into the second statement Paul makes, which is really big as well. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. Be careful about those who try to soften the first statement. Oh, it's okay. A little bit's not a big deal. I encourage you, anyone who's ever said, you know, a little bit's okay, you need to go watch the skit guys poop brownies skit. It'll just wreck it all for you. Might wreck brownies for you too, but. Anyone who tries to soften this, yes, there's grace. Yes, there is love and mercy from God Almighty. And there's things that God extends to us if we are struggling. But it doesn't mean that we can make excuses for allowing it to continue. Because we are called to be holy and righteous. We are called to be like Christ in all that we do. So these things are not acceptable. And I have to be so careful because it is in my nature. It's in my 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 fatherly caring. Like, you know, if it, it's okay if you're struggling, as long as you're trying to, yeah, as long as you're trying to overcome, as long as you're not, as long as you're not tolerating it, as long as you are not making excuses for it, and as long as somebody you're listening to is not making excuses for it. Are you str- are you going to struggle? Yes. Are you going to be tempted? Absolutely, you are. But to continuously give in to temptation, to continuously indulge in these things is not acceptable. And anyone who says otherwise is not to be listened to. In fact, Paul says you have nothing to do with the the person who makes excuses for these things. And every time you anytime you read Paul, he takes a really hard line on anything that is sin. Anything that is gonna distract you from relationship, gonna get in the way. And because what happens is when we get caught up in sin is we start to feel guilty, not convicted. Guilt and conviction are different. If you're feeling convicted, conviction is you're feeling drawn to God, understanding that only the Holy Spirit can give you the strength to overcome. That's conviction. I've done something wrong. I'm going to run to God and find salvation, find the help that I need to overcome. Guilt is, I've done something wrong. I'm going to run away from God because God's going to be mad at me. God's going to hold it against me. God's going to whatever. Guilt is the wrong reaction. Because so often when we indulge in sin and we indulge in the things that are contrary to God's teaching and we feel guilty, then we remove ourselves and we stop praying and we stop reading the Bible because every time I do those things, I feel guilty. And Paul says you need to remove these things because they, then they will stop getting in the way of your relationship. They're going to stop getting in the way of hearing God's voice. They're going to stop getting in the way of you being the men and women that God has called you to to be. In fact, Paul is so concerned that we have nothing to do with these things that he makes the third statement. He says that it's shameful to even talk about the things ungodly people do in secret. But what are we supposed to gossip about? I mean, uh uh-uh, that's right, you're not supposed to be gossiping anyways. You're so, why, why, why does Paul not even want us to Talk about these things. Because if you're talking about it, you're thinking about it. If you're thinking about it, that's the easiest way for the devil to get a foothold in and start adding on the temptation. Start piling on the the draw to get you sucked away from God and sucked back into these habits and these sins that so easily entangle us and keep us from being the men and women God has called us to be. Paul says, don't even talk about it. Don't even entertain the thoughts He tells Timothy, he says, every time you're tempted with sexual immorality, flee. Literally run in the opposite direction. Don't even, because what happens is, is that we are, we, our sinful nature is always at work, always battling with the spirit within us that has set us apart for salvation and redemption. And so our sinful nature wants to get us as close as we can. Right? This is the, this is the, this is the argument about, oh, I'm going to just, I made a bunch of people mad already. Um, this is the problem with like drinking alcohol, right? People are like, I know my limit, but I'm going to go shooting right up to my limit, and then I'm going to stop until you don't, until you take one too many and five too many and ten too many, and I don't remember what happened last night. We do this. Our sinful nature says it's okay to get as close as you can. Just don't step over the line. And what happens? If someone came up here and tried to push me off the stage back here, good luck. I weigh more than you. I am hard to move. But if I get here, my kids can knock me off the stage from here. And this is what Paul is telling us when it comes to sin, when it comes to greed, immorality, and impurity. Stay as far away from the edge as possible. Don't flirt with it. Don't get talking about it. Don't get anywhere near it because then it is harder for you to fall into it. It's way harder for you to fall into it when you are staying farther away from it. In fact, Paul's perfect plan for us would be, and I'm going to get really close again. Now that's all you're going to think about every time I get close to the stage is someone's going to be able to push me off. Um, Paul's perfect plan would be instead of us focusing on sin, instead of us focusing on the things that are contrary to God's ideas and plans and ideals for our life, we would focus on Christ. And if we're focusing on Christ, we're focusing on the cross, then Sin isn't even in our periphery. Sin isn't even in our scope, our realm, our thought processes, because Christ is so contrary to everything that pulls us away that if we just stay focused on the cross, we never get anywhere near that ledge. We don't have to set up these boundaries. We don't have to set up these, these safeguards to keep us away because we're just We're running full steam away from sin right to the cross where we find our hope, we find our security, we find our purpose, we find our belonging, we find everything that we so desperately long for. There's no sin when we're focusing on the cross. It's just the cross, and it's just the goodness that is found in Christ alone. We don't come anywhere near the ledge. And so Paul says, do everything in your power stay away from it let the light that is the spirit within you shine through you and that light that is in you will only produce what is good and right i that would be my preference to focus on the cross to focus on the light that is within us let, you know that old kids song let your light shine um <clears throat> Seriously though, let your light shine. Let the light that is within you produce good things and right things and loving things and godly things. And stop trying to push it down so that we can indulge in the things in the world that will pass away and mean nothing. We need to focus on the eternal and store up good things in heaven so that we have we have something to enjoy for all of eternity. Verse 15 continuing on before I run out of time. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks to everything to God, the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. To close up, Paul has six B statements. And I went back and I was like, I think I did this already. He starts chapter four with six B statements, which you can go back and look in the notes. And he closes chapter five, or closes this portion and this is where we're going to end with six more B statements. This is how we're supposed to be. This is who we're supposed to be. This is how we're supposed to act. So here they go. If you got a notebook, you're going to have to write fast and furiously. If you got the app, I took care of it for you. You're welcome. Okay. Number one, be careful. Be careful with how you live. Be careful with... Who you interact with. Not that we're supposed to disregard all of our unsaved friends and just be like, I can't hang out with you because you're a bad influence on me. But that we are careful that we are being the good influence on them. That we are not being seduced by their ways, but in fact that we are the ones seducing them to the ways of God and making the ways of God appealing. That we're careful with our words and we're careful with our thoughts that we don't get anywhere near these three areas of sin. Greed, immorality, and impurity. Be Careful. Number two, be wise. He said, don't be like the fools, but live like the wise. Pursue wisdom. Solomon says all throughout Proverbs, pursue wisdom and she will guard your ways and she will take care of you and she will open the floodgates for you. Be wise. In fact, James even takes a step further and says that all of you who lack wisdom should ask because God will give it to you freely be wise be intentional paul says don't act thoughtlessly but be intentional with all that you do put careful thought so that you don't step out of line accidentally you don't do something that may accidentally offend or you may but be intentional with every relationship every every interaction. Uh, The speaker and author, Bob Goff, says that every single time he talks to a person, he wants them to walk away having experienced the love of God. I was like, I don't have that kind of intentionality. Sometimes I just want to interact with someone just to make fun of them. I'll be honest, I'm just, I'm not perfect. I'm sorry for everyone that I just burst your bubbles. (laughs) I do. I don't go into every situation thinking, man, I just want them to just know the love of Jesus right now. I don't want to, I, I don't go into everything thinking I'm going to impart some deep spiritual wisdom. And I wish I did, especially after this. Be intentional. Don't be thoughtless with our words. Don't be thoughtless with our actions. But be intentional with everything that you do. Be filled with the Spirit. And he says, by contrast, don't be filled with wine. But be filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time thing. It is not a. I yeah, I did it that one time shortly after I got saved, but being filled with the Spirit is a daily process. It's a daily discipline to take time to pause, to find a quiet spot, which is really hard if you have young children, speaking from experience. Find a quiet spot. Don't even open your Bible. Don't even open your journal. Just get quiet. Focus on God and say, okay, God, I need I need to be filled with your spirit right now because I need the gifts, I need the love, I need everything that comes with it so that I can be the best I can be today to honor you in all that I do. Be filled with the spirit. Be worshipful. Let your mouth be filled with songs and hymns and praise. Because as we said earlier, there's no shortage of things for us to worship God for. God is always good. Good, even when life is not. So God is the only one worthy of our worship. He's the only one worthy of our praise. And so we should continually have it spewing out of us because of the overwhelming goodness that God shows us. One of the pastors I grew up with early on in my faith, every time I saw the man, he was humming some worship song from Sunday morning. Every time. I was like, how? Why? He'd do it when we're playing ping-pong. It was super distracting. he beat me every time. But he was just worshiping. And I think it was just, I'm beating Matt. It's awesome. Like, just, anyways. He'd be worshipful. Thank you, God, for all of the good things you've poured out on me. And above all, be thankful. It's hard to be discontent when we're, not, when we're thankful for everything. Because the off- opposite of contentment is long is envy. I wish I had this. Uh, Somebody else has got it, and now I want it. And contentment is, oh, man, thank you, God. I just, I love that I have what I've got because everything that I've got is from you. And if that list of six seems really intimidating, like, I can't do that every single day, then I, I will tell you to focus on one. Because if you are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit will help you do the rest of them. If you're filled with the Spirit, the spiritual gifts will follow. If you're filled with the Spirit, the the fruit of the Spirit will follow. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. If you can't focus on the six, focus on the one. And just trust that God is going to do, that the Holy Spirit within you is going to accomplish the rest in you. Without any effort on you, just with a gentle nudging of Him in your life, in your mind, in your heart. As you go about your day. And he will. If we if we open the door and we allow God to be God and we allow the Spirit to move in the way that only the Spirit can move, He will. But it's not going to be loud and obnoxious. It's going to be a gentle spirit, a gentle whisper, like a close friend. Hey, don't say that. That's a bad idea. Hey, go talk to your neighbor it, and that's all you need to know. I'm not going to tell you what you need.
1: You just just need to go talk to your neighbor. Don't eat that. It's bad. It's been in the fridge too long.
0: (laughs) He's not yelling it. He's not screaming at you. That's the devil. The devil will scream at you. He screams lies and he's, he's obnoxious and he tries to get your attention by how loud and how big and how powerful he tries to be. God, Spirit of God doesn't have to do that because the Holy Spirit dwells within us, so he whispers. It's a matter of are you listening? So be, filled, so be filled with the Spirit and listen for the whisper as he guides you into more thankfulness, more worship, more intentionality, more wisdom, more carefulness more love, more peace, more purpose. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is closer than a friend who doesn't have to, who isn't far off and needs to yell and be boastful, but he he is close, he's within us, and so he whispers, and he's kind, and he's gentle, and he doesn't make us feel bad when he nudges. He just carefully nudges us along prompts us when we need to be prompted. And so may we, as your people, God, daily, regularly seek the filling of the Spirit. Spirit, fill each and every one of us to overflowing that you would be the voice in our ear. You would guide us into great and marvelous things. And as you taught us to pray, Jesus, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lead us not into the impurity, the immorality, and the greed that so easily entangles, so easily derails men and women of faith, but constantly draw us back to you. And I thank you for the truth that when we draw near to you, Jesus, you will draw near to us. I thank you that you are never far. You are the gentle whisper, you are the infilling spirit, you are everything we need to be who you've called us to be. Spirit, show us what it means to be imitators of Christ. Show us what it means to be imitators of God and that we would intentionally, carefully, in everything we do, represent you well. Jesus, we love you. You truly are deserving of all of our praise and all of our worship. We give you all our thanks. In your name I pray. Amen.